everybody, welcome back to the Diversity in Tech Leaders podcast with me, Jess Sutcliffe here at Coltech. Um, we have another really exciting guest, Janice Omadeke, who um, you might have seen on one of the previous um, Diversity in Tech podcasts, actually recommended her Vice President of Enterprise Sales to join us, Stephanie Lowry. So thank you so much for joining us today, Stephanie. So in terms of um, your what you do over the mental method. Can you give us a little bit of introduction into that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I lead the sales department here. So uh, vice president of enterprise sales. So essentially everything from putting our sales process together to leading a team um, to helping bring sales over the, the finish line and then working with our clients one-on-one -on -one to make sure they have a really good experience. Amazing, perfect. And um, how long have you been there so far? Yeah, so uh, came on last July, um, and what oh. we we're just talking about is the fact that startup culture is crazy, right? So a ton has happened since then, but it's been it's been an awesome experience. Absolutely, and uh, well, I, I mentioned it to you before that Janice has talked about you like she's known you for ten years. So uh, <laughs> that surprised me that you've only been there not even a year yet. Um, but like you said, startup culture is fast running and you get to know these people very well that you work with every day um not just monday to friday sometimes in the startup world uh, so in terms of your background then um can you give us a little bit of uh, an introduction into your journey into the industry and how you came to join the mentor method yeah so i've been in tech sales for over a decade now um mainly working with your fortune 50 companies within their HR department selling HR solutions. Um, and I think over the last two years or so, I saw a really big uptick in the need of diversity solutions. And then I started seeing that this even came outside of HR, like departments were being put together around diversity, which is awesome. So essentially I, I already saw this is a really great space to get into, but when the mentor method reached out to me, what really sold me was Janice's TED talk, which was, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's awesome. And it speaks to what I was experiencing uh, when it came to mentorship programs and the, the fact that a lot of times they can be really biased and you know what are you really getting out of them and all of that and, um, and just toxic cultures in general. So that's what really drove me to saying, you know what, this is something I really want to be a part of. And yeah, it's been a great experience ever since. Amazing. Have you always sort of been interested in the diversity inclusion aspect of, well, the workplace, I guess? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because, you know, being within the tech industry, it can be really male dominated. And I think uh, specifically, you know, I, I think back to a time when I first started in tech and it was a really large company um a little bit of an older company and when in sales you have things called incentive trips or incentive outings and i remember the i had like over exceeded my quota and the incentive outing was a golf outing oh and wow exactly i'm not a fan of golf and like <laughs> not necessarily just a male thing there's a lot of women who love golf but i definitely did not love it and i was like okay great that's my reward but what was funny to me was i had leaders tell me like not only should you like this but you should go take lessons because deals are made on the golf course and promotions wow. are made on the golf course right and it was like I think little by little, you start kind of assimilating 
into that culture and you kind of like, that's what I did. I was like, okay, well, if I want to get ahead, I have to fit into, you know, this way of being and lost like a little bit of myself along that. So it's diversity has always been really important to me because I think it's a way of, instead of looking at like a one size fits all approach, you look at the individual. And I think that's really important to be able to bring your individual self to work and not have to feel like you have to be somebody else. 100%. And I think, especially over the coming years and over hopefully over the past years a little bit more, we've seen that almost flip and it will, it will, I imagine it will flip at some point in the future where it won't be so much the employees trying to fit in with their employers, but what the employers can do to make sure that they're addressing and making sure that everybody feels included regardless of the I mean I wouldn't mind going to mini golf but if it's like proper golf then no I'm so bad at it and I don't like doing things I'm not good at Stephanie I really don't (laughs) right nobody does and like yeah and not having to feel like you have to be somebody else so I totally agree with you and I think what's really cool is the more diversity we have within leadership the more people are going to have to get out of their box and, you know, learn to be able to to interact and talk with other people. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, 100%. And I think, like you said, with the diversity levels at the top, there's going to be so more, even just for an example around, you know, the sales incentives, you know, you've, you've, you've got so many more ideas in the room already with different heads in the room. Um, I mean, the opposite of equivalent of that is say, for example, oh, should we, all get our go, go get our nails done as an incentive if that if it was the other way around it just sounds crazy that somebody would suggest that as an incentive really? uh, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. yeah it's, it, it can be men can enjoy getting the nails done but uh, a lot of women um and also any genders in general can get the nails done but it's just seen more as a uh, an incentive that potentially women would prefer um for, for one person like one yeah. person might prefer, but then you're not looking at people as individuals instead of just asking them, hey, what do you want to do? It's, it's your reward, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it should be more of a conversation. So yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I know we touched on it quite a little bit there in terms of the, the tech space being quite male dominated. Yeah. And you know, you've touched on a little bit of your experience in the past. What has your experience been throughout your career and how have you managed to navigate that? Because I think as well, into it's it's um a lot of people speak about the experiences that they've gone through, um but it's it's a different story and how you've managed to navigate that. And I think the navigation process is different for every single person. Um, what works for them, how they think it's sort of benefited people. Um, so yeah, if you can give us a little bit of an example around that, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think navigating it, unfortunately, in my past was you know, being a different person (laughs) or being a little bit of a different person, not hugely, but not really bringing my whole self to, to work in certain regards. Um, and I actually think for the first time when I didn't do that was actually another incentive trip that was about two years ago. And a lot, another thing within sales is that people, you know, they like to drink, they like to party. That's part of like the culture. I've never been a really big drinker. I'm kind of the person that everybody's like looking at, like, why haven't you finished your drink? I'm the same. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we can't leave until you finish this, let's go. So, um, but yeah, that's always been, it hasn't been a big part of me. And it was interesting because it was the first trip that I've taken where 
I actually knew that I did need to go out and party, if you will, um, for a promotion that I was looking to get at the time. But I chose to not, and I instead hung out with this other group of people. It was a different team because they were like, you know, we just want to have like one drink in the lobby and then go to bed early. And I was like, those are my people. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> So, and I did, and I really, really enjoyed like talking with them and everything. And they weren't looking for anybody on their team. It wasn't, it, it, I was just being myself. And it was the first time that I actually realized I was like, you know what, I want to work with these people because I feel like I can be myself with these people. And then there was an opportunity that came like a year later within that team, but it was something that I was kind of working towards because I really liked that I could just be myself in that group yeah. and it ended up being great and it was a lateral move it wasn't you know huge but I think when you feel like you can be yourself you do better work like you really like want to show up and you want to be part of it and I think for me navigating it was finding that and sometimes when you go into a really big company it takes a little bit of time to find that but if you can find your people I feel like that helps a lot yeah definitely and I think uh, a question that I've got off the back of that then because I imagine you'll be growing your team over at the mentor method what did you learn in that situation that you think potentially moving forward when you're hiring or creating these cultures where people you know some people might want to go out and get drunk some people might want to I don't know have a book club whatever you name it you know I mean what have you what did you learn from sort of that experience that you're gonna take on to your team that you're gonna be hiring at some point in the future yeah so I'm actually I'm even hiring right now um and I think it starts even from the interview process sometimes so one question that we ask is to share like a mentorship experience and obviously that's because you know we sell mentorship software but what I love about that is you really get to know the person and understand what's important to them, understand like their own lived experience, all of that. And you're already starting to kind of create that connection a little bit. So when people feel like they can be vulnerable, then they're more open to talking about that. So then, yeah, when I bring people onto the team, because I'm always trying to think, I don't want to have a team of people that are all the same, you know? Yeah. And I, I think like there's so much more value you can get when you have a diverse team like in so many different ways. So I want to look for people that are different from each other, how they can learn from each other. And then it's honestly, like I said, treating them as individuals. If we're going to have an outing, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> Let's yes. talk about that. I'm not going to be the one that says we're, we're going to do this because that's what I want to do. Like you said, with your nails done, I'd love to go get my nails done. Yeah, but, me too. Maybe, right? do, do you need any stuff? I'll come. <laughs> exactly. But if like, if they're like, you know, actually, I think it'd be really great to, you know, go out to dinner or like you said, with a book club, or maybe there's two people who would like a book club, but somebody else might not. Like, let's figure that out. And maybe that means like two different outings, you know, one that's going to be focused on this and one that's going to be focused on that. But I think that's like, when people are really excited to see each other, and it's doing something that they really feel very passionate about, I think that's super exciting. Actually, I have somebody on my team right now who uh, she runs a podcast. Oh, and cool. yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you probably appreciate that. And I asked her about all the time, like, how's the podcast going? Like, what's going on? Like, would you, you know, want us to like ever listen to your podcast, all of that? And I think it's just, it's just cool to understand 
everybody on an individual level like that yeah and outside of work that's yes. a, a main thing one thing that we do here so um our directors are very very strong about it making sure that we've got our own personal goals health goals financial goals whatever the case is and outside of work and making sure um that we're keeping up for it so for example when we had this i was like i want to go to the gym three times a week and i'd go in every morning and my boss would be like jess have you been to the gym this morning have you read yep. your book on the train this morning whatever i've put down he's making sure that i'm doing it because not only is that good to take an interest in the people you're spending 80 percent of your life talking to um but also it helps them perform better at work if you feel like you're cared about or appreciated within the workplace um it's something that is is it, it's a massive part of the job to make you perform better make the effort um i remember one time me and my um one of my colleagues who is also doing the us market we uh we said we'd put on our forms that we wanted to read more books so sort of the next next week he our boss had ordered us some books and just popped them on our desk so we could have a read of them but we didn't even ask him to do that it was just like i'm gonna order you some books read them um so it's just be, feeling appreciated and you know valuing you as a person as a person especially in the sales environment it's probably similar um you know you, you've probably worked in companies before where they just see you as dollar signs Yep. let's what can you do you know and you're not re a real person but like i said we're in 2022 now let's keep up <laughs> yeah it's not a punch in punch out thing and if it if it is like sales is grueling work like it's not always fun the work that you're doing so if you also know that you're feeling appreciated and you know you're working towards something like that is going to go a long way so yeah yeah, 100%. And uh, I know we touched on it a little bit there, uh, but in your opinion, why is it important to build diverse work workforces and how have you found the process of trying to hire with diversity in mind at the Mentor Method or even previously as well? Yeah, I think so. One of the privileges I get is um, I talk with a lot of chief diversity officers and I think it's it's awesome because First of all, the, what they have to do as chief diversity officers is so hard. You know, they have to, they're responsible for complete cultural transformation at a company. What? <laughs> like that's yeah. undertaking. And from and what I, yeah. Right. Uh, just to jump off that point as well, because um, a lot of these people, when they're brought on as chief diversity officer, a lot of the time, especially in tech companies, the, the people that are making the decisions aren't the most diverse range of people so to influence at that level is very hard very very hard but sorry carry on I interrupted you there <laughs> no that's such a good point and it's true and I think what I've heard from them is that it's got to be an initiative at every level meaning like CEO has to look at it as an initiative the individuals and then all the way down to hiring managers have to look at it as being really important and being an initiative Otherwise, nothing's going to get done. Yeah. Then it's just kind of lip service. And it's just like people saying, you know, we pledge to do this or they check off a box, but there's no real metrics tied to it. So that is, for me, it's something that I take really seriously when it comes from hiring is making sure that I'm really hiring people with different lived experiences than me. And I think that's hard because the, your comfort zone yeah. is to immediately go and say, 
this person reminds me so much of myself, or, you know, I have a good gut feeling about these, this person or whatever, instead of saying, this person's different than me, I can learn a lot from that. Yeah. So it's a definite mind shift and you have to do that. And I think like that, that's really where the first step is, because if that doesn't happen, then none of the rest of it really happens. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess on to the next question in terms of the tech industry as a whole, what can the tech industry do more of to ensure the work environment is more inclusive? I mean, for us in particular, being women, um, we'll relate it more to that because like I know we've said before previously, we don't want to speak on experiences that we aren't living through. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that's as much as we can learn and try and educate ourselves on every single thing. Um, but from your opinion, from a, to be more inclusive for women, what can the tech industry do more of? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting because I think like what it actually comes down to in my head is more caregivers than just women. And men and women can all be caregivers. But I think like that's the first place I go to um, is I I think that's the hardest area for people right now. And unfortunately, it falls a lot on women more than men to be caregivers. And we have saw with the pandemic, like this last two years have been insane as far as like having to be, you know, teachers. <laughs> like, yeah. You were a teacher before and now you have to like teach your kids during the day. So I think like there's a lot that we can do around flexibility, to be honest. It's just, yeah. everybody needs different things, especially when it comes to internal meetings. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, you know, this internal meeting has to happen at this time or I've been part of that. And I'm like, why? Why can't we move that around? It's not a client meeting. We can totally be flexible. If somebody needs to go pick up their kids or if somebody has their kids home and they need to be off of Zoom, like let's be able to do that. Let's just work with people to be more flexible and not have like hard and fast rules that everybody has to show up at this time and do this work, especially now that people are remote. And that means for us, like we have a team that's all over the country. Mm-hmm. So they're working in different time zones. And I had um, one of my direct reports, you know, was saying like, well, there's a meeting that it's at like six o'clock my time, which would be, you know, five o'clock my time. And she was like, you know, I can stay a little bit later. Like, that's okay. And I was like, no, like you're done at five. It's okay. You don't have to be at this meeting. And I think that's what we need to do more of. We need to just be able to be more flexible and more open to changing things instead of having like hard and fast rules on everything. Exactly. And I think a point to touch on that is don't hire people that you don't trust. If you don't trust them to be doing the work or do whatever, then don't hire them. That's so true. That's so true. With the idea of you should trust them. And then if something happens, great, then you'll talk about it instead of going in thinking that people can't be trusted. So you got to be like right on top of them all the time. Exactly. Oh, you know, if you work in your room and you need to come into the office or you need to do this or send me what you're doing to do anything, if the results are be, if the results are there and, you know, I'm sure eight times out of 10, they probably are. And them two times out of 10, potentially it's not straight in there with why have you not done this it's first of all are you okay yeah what can we help you with to be able to make sure that you're performing at the best you can or the the passion's there you know um I actually shared a a link on LinkedIn yesterday about off burnout and a lot of the managers were saying you know the first stages of 
the signs of burnout is you know loss of interest in the work that they're doing that they were so passionate about at the beginning totally absolutely and that's something that I think that also happens because they feel like they're not trusted or they feel like they can't just do their work the way that they want to so I think that's that's a huge piece of it yeah and the flexibility you know can apply to everyone caregivers um um you know people with disabilities they might not feel 100 percent comfortable going into an office um or it might be difficult the commute might be difficult or whatever the case is um or they might have certain office supplies at home that they can use to see better or read better whatever the case is and similar with men as well because i know um diversity inclusion covers a lot of not men basically um but in terms of uh the, the men's side of it, there's so many statistics, especially young men sort of ages, what, 18 to 30 probably have the highest statistics of suicide. They do in the UK anyway. Um, yeah. So even in terms of that, being able to provide outsources where they can go on a run at lunch or they can go to the gym at lunch or That's do whatever they want to be able to get through the day um, and make sure they're okay and check in and create inclusive cultures because some I feel like sometimes and I know this is a diversity podcast, um, but I do feel like sometimes men do get lost in that process as well um, and sort of pushed aside to create all these opportunities and make sure. But it, it needs to be a balance. I feel like, you Everybody. know, raising... Everybody individuals. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, e- equalizing the playing field, basically. Um, so, yeah, 100 percent. And in terms of advice that you would give employers because there probably will be employers listening to this right now um or organizations in general that are looking to create more inclusive cultures what advice would you give to them yeah i think that like i said the first place it starts is looking inwardly at yourself and looking at your own hiring practices and your team take a look around your team do they all seem exactly the same okay well maybe that's something you know that that you should you should look into a little bit um which is fine. It's fine if you don't, if that is the way it is right now, but you want to work towards having something more inclusive. So I think it starts there. And then I think things like mentorship programs that are more inclusive, that match people based off of not outside characteristics, but personality. And I'm doing a little bit of a sales pitch here because obviously that's what we do, but like that is important and i think getting people out of their box especially if they're working remotely because they may not have those opportunities or know where to go i think that's huge so the more you're kind of interacting with people that are different than yourself the more appreciation you're going to have for it um so i think having something like that within a company is huge and i think just on the individual level making sure that you're supporting the initiatives that the business has around diversity it's huge. Yeah. And um, in terms of the mentorship, because obviously you mentioned that's quite a big thing about creating inclusive cultures. What are the benefits that you found that the mentor method provides to companies? Like what's the feedback? What, you know, what are the benefits that, you know, you companies have given back to you? Yeah, I appreciate you giving me the space to, to talk about it. Um, yeah, no, I think the biggest thing that that we're seeing is, again, being able to focus on, so our matching algorithm focuses on behavioral qualities. So what creates the best chemistry between people, behavioral qualities, and then also the skills you want to learn in the industry that you're in, 
in order to create a really good match that doesn't have to do with outside characteristics. And then I think the other piece of it is the feedback. So we're able to really get metrics behind it by understanding how the program's going, how people are feeling about it, um, how they're feeling about the company, are they feeling like they belong, all of that, which is just, again, another lens to make sure that people are able to give feedback and you're, you're listening. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, it sounds like great. I mean, I'm speaking with you, Janice, and uh, Joseph as well, who will be joining. So yeah. I think uh, everybody will know everything about the mentor method. I've seen Janice <laughs> everywhere as well. She's all over my uh, all over my LinkedIn feed. So I'm yeah. sure people all know the name. Um, and in terms of, because obviously with it being the Diversity in Tech Leaders podcast, and there's, I mean, I say this every, every podcast, but there's a lot of reasons why I've chosen to done that do this rather that mm-hmm. was good English um, <laughs> um I really want to create role models for people that might not necessarily see themselves in positions advice to people that you know might lack confidence in going into an environment where they don't see themselves um I mean yeah. I could have easily got deterred from working in staffing industry um and I imagine same for you in the sales industry mm-hmm. Um, but it's something I find it fun um, and I want to create that environment you know when we grow our teams here to be able to provide that same environment and I think it's really important to to do that. Um, Are there any underrepresented groups that you believe need more support in the workplace from what you've seen? Yeah so there's two that come to mind for me. The first one is um, the population that's older especially within the tech industry. I think a lot of times we think older people mean, you know, not as innovative or whatever you want to put towards it. And I think I actually had an experience this weekend because so personally, I haven't driven a car in 12 years. So I know. And in America as well. I thought my understanding is everyone in America just drives around. (laughs) They do. So personally for me, uh, when I was like 22, uh, which was 12 years ago, I I sold my car because I was going to move to a city and I lived in cities like ever since. But then like six months ago, we moved to a small town. So now I have to drive again. And you know, what's really hard is doing something that is naturally comes very easily to everybody else and feeling like you're kind of the odd person out because it's, it's intimidating. And you know, you also kind of feel like a little silly, right? Like I was super scared to get in the car. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So, but I equated that actually to older populations where they maybe didn't grow up as much with the technology. It doesn't come as easy to them. I have a ton of respect for those people saying, I actually want to get into the tech industry and I want to learn this skill. And being able to actually learn a skill instead of just being intuitively good at it is is huge and I think it says a lot for somebody's character so I actually think we should be looking at those people and saying they're great for this because they want to step outside and learn different skills and they're going to work really hard so I think that population definitely gets overlooked a lot of the time and I really think that that that's a problem also when it comes to sales like my grandfather sold vacuums door to door Right. Is very different ways of doing sales. There isn't just social selling. There's a bunch of different ways. And like that skill set is actually really hard to get into a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to make cold calls. You know, they don't Uh. want to 
Right. And I, I get it. I didn't want to do it either, but I did it. So I think like those skills that people come from, you got to look at it. And it's not just the cutting edge skills. It's, you know, what can they actually do um, and how do they do it? So I think that population definitely gets overlooked. And I think the other population is disabilities. And you touched on this a little bit before. Um, and I don't know as much about that. And I think that's something that I definitely wish there was more education around. And, you know, maybe I just need to go out and seek it. But I will tell you, so I went to a SHRM conference and they were highlighting, you know, different um, diversity initiatives at companies. And there's this company called John's Crazy Socks. And they are a uh, father and son team. And the son has Down syndrome. And what I loved about this company is they talked about they hire people with Down syndrome. And but the, the uh, CEO said, he was like, I don't want you to hire people with Down syndrome because you think it's a nice thing to do or make you feel good. I want you to do it because it makes good business sense. Yeah. And they can talk about it better than I can as to why. But I loved that. Because I was thinking, I'm like, yes, there's so many times where we talk about diversity initiatives as just being like a feel good moment, but we don't talk about how it actually affects the bottom line. And with companies, the end of the day, companies care about making money or saving money. That's it. So if we can tie these diversity initiatives to that and actually talk about how they're really saving company money or making the money, I think that these initiatives will go a lot longer we should be talking about how the initiatives really impact businesses from, you know, them making money or losing money, because I think that's how these initiatives actually get across the board. So that's what I loved is that he talked about it in that way. And I was like thinking, I was like, wow, I wish more companies talked about how having these diversity initiatives retain more people, which saves them money. And then other companies are gonna look at that and they're gonna say, okay, we need to do a diversity initiative for that reason. And it's going to, you know, make this um, more prevalent across different companies. Yeah, I actually came across somebody on LinkedIn the other day that was speaking um, about autism. I can't remember who for the life of me, so don't ask. Um, but she was saying a lot of companies when they're doing like hiring and going through the process, they are ADHD, anything, you know, they, they always see sort of the negative aspects. So they might not be making eye contact in a meeting or whatever the case is say for example with someone that's got ADHD but then they get twice as much work done because they're so um you know I don't know what the right word is but basically work hard and they, they just want to be doing stuff all the time so they get a lot more work done sort of than the average person um sure. so they they always I think as a lot of companies tend to look at the negative sides of it but they don't actually I think again a lot of it comes down to education and educating yourself on what the benefits are because there's so many people out there that you know you, your first initial reaction might be well it might not be the right fit because this is the kind of person that I need but then if you hire another kind of person you probably will end up in a situation where you think that's actually what I needed. Mm -hmm. uh, and you got to be open to that and I think that's like as leaders I think people have to be open to leading differently for different people instead of having like the one size fits all type of mindset where like you have to find people who work with your leadership style. As a leader, you should push yourself a little bit to say, what does this person need and how can that make me a better leader? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I guess we've spoken a lot about everybody else, um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of you and your plans for the future, what does the future look like for Stephanie? 
Yeah. So, um, so I'm currently pregnant, which is super exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We have a little girl coming in July, which is, oh my God, only a few months away. Um, so I actually, I thought about this the other day and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to put mom on my resume because I'm going to, because I think it's, it's, first of all, it's a super hard job, right? And it's something that doesn't come super naturally to me. I know it's going to be hard to do, but I'm going to be really proud of it. And I feel like that's what your resume is for, is showing that type of thing. So I'm going to put on my resume and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. And then from um, mentor method side of things, like we were talking about before, it's just, it's crazy right now. We have so much momentum that's happening, finishing up Techstars this week. Um, South by Southwest was last week. So there's so much happening and it's really cool to be part of a company or right on the cusp of all of that. So it's really going to be the rest of this year is going to be more diversity products that are coming out and then building the team and making it larger. So it's going to be great. Well, that sounds super exciting. And I uh, I probably wouldn't tell Janice you're updating your resume. She might panic a little bit in case you're going to hand it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just going on my LinkedIn. I just want people to know about it. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be okay with that then. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure speaking. I've really enjoyed our conversation. If yeah. you had one last message to leave our listeners, what would that be? When you're looking at being more inclusive, look at treating people as individuals. I think that's the very cusp of it all is like essentially how can I look at people as individuals instead of looking at everybody as, as one size fits all. And then as far as if you're really looking into bringing a mentorship program in, making sure it's inclusive by matching people with people they might not have had a chance to talk to before, I think that will make a huge, huge difference. So those are the two big things. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Best of luck with the mentor method and obviously congratulations on the baby. I hope everything goes well. Um, and I'm sure send me all the pictures when she's here. <laughs> yeah, well, totally well. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. We're really excited to see what the future holds for you and the, the mentor method. Um, I'm sure it's a very, very busy and bright future for you guys there. So thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you.